Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and most people don't know that Badgie and Mr. Tricorder had a very messy breakup, but it was Dr. Biobed that eventually helped them reconcile, so that's nice. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Ella, the sixth, the sixth week <laughs> of 23 weeks of Trek. We did it. The 23 weeks continue. They roll on. <laughs> Inexorable. Uh <laughs> Let's talk about a quick news item or two before we go on with the show. As we talked about last week, Star Trek Day was on September 8th. Did you get a chance to check out any of the panels or anything connected to Star Trek Day? Um, I didn't. I'm always so nervous that, like, live, that panels, there's going to be a glitch. No. And I'm going to have to watch it. Really? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have not actually – I glanced through a couple of them on YouTube, and I'm planning this weekend to uh, kind of blast through them. Uh, I think they'll still be on YouTube then, but not a lot of uh, announcements. You know, I expected to be talking about some big news at this point, and there wasn't really. Um, probably the biggest news that we got was the release of the uh, Discovery Season 3 trailer. Did you get a chance to watch that? I did. It was. I thought it was kind of – Nothing super new. I mean, new footage, obviously, that we haven't yeah. seen. Yeah. But nothing really, like, that we didn't already kind of get glimpses of, I feel. Yeah. The the glimpses that we got previously, um, I think, well, uh, did a good job of establishing, well, the um, the premise of this third, third season. And so, yeah, we just kind of got, I think, um, more of that. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a cat, though. We know there's a cat in season mm -hmm. three. So I'm excited about that, to be honest. Uh, there was also a uh, kind of mid-season trailer that came out for Lower Decks with a couple more glimpses of what we might see uh, in the second half of the se first season of Lower Decks. And a very brief, very brief uh, uh, peek at uh, Q. Apparently Q will be uh, guesting on a future episode of Lower Decks. I'm very excited. Q is like my, one of my favorites, for yeah. sure. Which, yeah, which I think makes sense just in terms of, you know, the existence of Q, but also the uh, work of John Delancey, of course, as a uh, mm -hmm. storied uh, vocal uh, and voiceover artist. And so, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm not sure. They said that it would be a smaller role. It wouldn't be all about Q, but he would be, uh, you know, doing Q things and kind of messing around on the Cerritos. And way easier to do crazy stuff with them in the like as a cartoon. I'm <laughs> yeah. super excited to see. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, there was also an announcement which uh, I'd like to share now, and I'm going to try to remain calm about it. But they announced a new official Star Trek podcast called The Pod Directive, hosted by Tawny Newsom and Paul F. Tompkins. This is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> yeah. I thought there was already an official podcast for Star Trek, but uh, this will be uh, uh, hosted by the two of them and just going over the copy from their announcement. Apparently, they'll be looking uh, at a – it'll be a high-level discussion of the themes, ideas, and characters 
in the Star Trek franchise, which, wow, that sounds really familiar. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. Go get my shotgun so I can tell these kids to get <laughs> off my lawn. But <laughs> I'm sure that uh, it'll be great. Of course, the two of them are storied podcasters themselves. And, you know, looking at the the lineup of guests here, they have a, a pretty big lineup of guests. Uh, they're talking about uh, Ben Stiller, uh, Michelle Hurd from you know, Star Trek Picard, of course. Uh, Stacey Abrams, who's a, a politician and activist, Tig Nataro from Star Trek Discovery, and I don't know why I'm doing their press for them, but uh, yeah, they uh, this could be a real a real cool listen. Uh, even though I'll probably listen and grit my teeth while I do, but uh, it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, that's an interesting list of like interviewees. Well, the thing, yeah, and the thing is, is. You know, Tony Newsom, of course, has one foot in the podcast and the uh, sort of yeah. L.A. acting and comedy world. And then, of course, is um, the star of Lower Decks. Paul F. Tompkins is just like, I just think they needed a ringer. It's like this guy's done a million podcasts. <laughs> he, I'm sure he knows Ben Stiller or, or somebody. And so, I mean, it's a good choice. But come on, man. It's taking our jobs away from us here. They're pushing us out. Uh, <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of expected the when you started saying the guest, I expected like. Oh, they're going to have like, you know, they're going to have Sonequa one week and then the next week they'll have, oh, I'm sure you know, be Michelle, obviously. but then I'm like yeah. surprised that, yeah. What? Anyways, that's okay. It means that, um, we were on their radar enough that they were like, mm, we gotta, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're trying to get out ahead of us. <sighs> yeah. Ahead. Yeah. They, well, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Can't wait till Scott Ackerman shows up on there because everybody, everybody who's a nerd, which is everybody in comedy right now, grew up watching Star Trek. Do you know what I mean? So, oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure their guest list could is potentially endless. Um, oh definitely. So anyway, anyways, excited to listen. <laughs> so this will be the last episode of this show because we're, gonna... <laughs> we're and now we will concede defeat. No, never, never. <laughs> I'm making no. it through no. all 23 weeks. I don't care. <laughs> well, uh, bare speaking... minimum. <laughs> Speaking of weeks and numbers, we've just seen the sixth episode of the new animated Star Trek series, Lower Decks. It's an episode called Terminal Provocations, and we're here to talk all about it. But first, as always, a warning. We're setting a course for the spoiler zone, listeners. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for this episode is the lovable but awkward Ensign Fletcher makes work difficult for Mariner and Boimler. Rutherford introduces Tendi to a holodeck training program that he created. The episode was written by John Cochran. It was directed by Bob Suarez. The star date for the episode is 57663.9. And there is an interesting uh, aspect to this episode, one that I could find. This is the first episode of the series to feature a log entry without any interruption. And that... (laughs) I'd never thought about it before, but that's very on character for Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, but we've also talked about how the show has been slowly kind of evolving more into a um, a standard uh, show, a standard Trek show like TNG. And I think this episode fits that to a T. A lot of crazy things happen in this episode. But when you think about it, it's basically their first holodeck screw up episode right like there's kind of a there's a boring kind of negotiating plot going on it's similar to big goodbye in that way where they've got this officious race they're dealing with then something is screwing up in the holodeck and then there's this like really crazy sea story about fletcher and this (laughs) 
like you know virus uh virus jamie lee curtis movie uh type creature that he creates that's like wants to take over the ship so yeah it felt uh very uh very uh traditional and tng structure to me yeah a lot going on also yeah, there's a lot happening in this episode. <laughs> Everyone's busy in this episode. Uh, a couple cool guest stars on this episode. Uh, Tim Robinson is the voice of Fletcher and, of course, the corrupted Isolinear Core. Uh, Core. And if you don't know him by name, you probably know his show, I Think You Should Leave, uh, which is a comedy show that was on Netflix, I believe, and got a lot of rave reviews. It's uh, He's a good fit, I think, for this series because it's a very crazy show. Uh, Jack McBrayer appears as Badgie. And Jack McBrayer, of course, is a comedian, improv, and TV star, probably best known as Kenneth on 30 Rock. And, of course, series and franchise alum J.G. Hertzler appears as the voice of the Drukmani captain in this episode. I don't, He's kind of a legend. Yeah, he absolutely is. And the Drukmani are, um, I don't think that they're a race that we've seen uh, in the franchise before, but they felt real Klingon-y to me. Like if the yeah. Klingons suddenly wanted, got into like Antiques Roadshow and junk, like this, <laughs> these would be the Klingons that are like, no, we're taking this junk. We want the garbage. Yeah. Well, what did you think about Terminal Provocations? Um... I, I enjoyed myself for the most part. I do think that I would not have placed all three of these plots in the same episode. Mm. Mm. Like, it seemed like it just cutting from, like, the crazy holodeck, whatever, went insane, then yeah. to, oh, also, like, we uploaded Fletcher's brain to part of the computer, and that's going crazy. And then yeah. also they're fighting somebody, like, upstairs. I was like, a bit much. Fun individually yeah that's but it, it just yeah you just made me think that that's also i mean it's a totally different kind of character but fletcher is a a barclay-esque character <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways because yeah he's you know people like him but it's like man he just can't seem to kind of get things together only he can because he can smooth things over really well so i don't know mm-hmm. but anyway like barclay he has a weird interfacing moment with a piece of technology and then things go super wrong. So, yeah, you can definitely see the the TNG influences here. For me, it was another one. Uh, it wasn't as strong as last week, but I don't think it necessarily fell off a cliff in terms of how the show has really developed, I think, comedically. You know, the first five minutes or so, I was like, all right, I think they fell off again because I don't know. Um, the whole bit at the beginning... And it's tough to do teasers, especially for comedies, but where they're all making the ship sounds is like, okay. But then they got, you know, five, six minutes in and they got to Badgie and they got me. I was like right back in again uh, because that's just such, I mean, it's clear like what, you know, the inspiration is. Oh, yeah. Uh, We all get it. But um, this is a plot that they could have done in like a late season six or seven TNG episode. Mm -hmm. Like we would all be familiar with Clippy. And if they did comedy back then. Um, So as far as like trying to fit into that sort of 90s aesthetic of TNG, I thought that Mm -hmm. was great. And then I love, you know, on comedy shows like this, I love the thing that's so cool that nobody we don't get to see, but everybody is super excited about. And having the like the choo-choo dance or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) that was just like that was a good bit. And then the fact that they go to oh no we gotta talk to delta shift and like delta <laughs> shift's like yeah they're like this like oh they're, they're cool you know it's like the sharks and the jets 
then mm-hmm. they find out that Delta Shift was like, oh, we were there. I was crying. I saw it. Yeah, we were, we were all there. Um, <laughs> oh, when they added the third chew. Like, yeah, that was good stuff. That was good stuff to kind of plant, you know, around the edges of, of what they're trying to do. I think the that's when the show works really the best for me, I think. Yeah, I really loved the... Honestly, that was probably my favorite part is the the Delta shift bit because I feel like we never we never see the next shift, you know, even on yeah. the bridge. It's like somebody's on the bridge at yeah. night slash <laughs> somebody, on the other 12 hours yeah. or whatever. And I think I think it's uh, I think Mariner says something about like, I don't like being awake when you're awake. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, all that was uh, was was really great. Um, I <laughs> I want to know. I liked it when Fletcher was, you know, uh, uh, doing a keg stand with the with the replicator. Uh, why mm-hmm. is all their food like food court stuff? <laughs> because they have the bit about how lower ranks don't get fancy food. Yeah, I guess. But it, in an animated setting, it would be so. This is where you would want to explore weird alien foods that are moving around, you know, or um, yes. Or more of the um, the melon cubes or whatever that they used to use on the old TOS show. Um, oh my god, there's that sorry, there's that episode of Parks and Rec where they go to that weird bar and he's like, here's your shot of vodka. It comes in a flash of light. <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I like that they're eating taco salad and stuff, but it's like they got to oh, do absolutely. like do bits with the food. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was in, in, uh, all cool. And um uh, the, you know, the, the references were, um, light this week. Um, but I'm still there. Um, when Rutherford's talking about like the holodeck, he's, he, I think he named literally every historical character that they've ever run into yeah. in the franchise <laughs> on the holodeck and a couple assumed ones like, uh, like Cyrano or, or Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what the holodeck's for meeting cool people. Yes. And I'm definitely struggling with them it's like like with that those references yeah i was like did we need to do we have to do it every episode where we're like remember this it's like and i feel like last week i was like i'm really enjoying it be just because like we never get that type of humor and so it makes it funny because it's like suddenly they like reference to some other show and it's weird because that never happens yeah. But I feel like that's kind of like the kind of the only thing I'm actually struggling with in the show is I'm like, I want you to kind of like hit your own groove. Like, yeah, I don't know. This episode, especially I was like, this is such a like you were saying, like season six TNG episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I th- here, I think the, the, the upside is, is that they, they literally can't do it forever. I mean, there's yeah. sure there's 50 years of material. But at some point, you can't – because I don't know if it's – they're doing it to appeal to fans or try to get the kind of member berries thing going or if they just want to make it Star Trekky enough because otherwise it's just mm-hmm. space comedy show and there there are a couple of those. And, I, you know, they always say that the key to comedy is specificity. So I think at some point you – You'll literally run out of like because they blew through literally like we said every historical character in the holodeck. Yeah. So the next time you want to make a holodeck reference, it's going to have to be something more specific and not specific in the way that like oh this is only for the kids that remember you know the the twenty fourth episode of the seventh season of Star Trek. It'll be something specific about the technology or holodeck stuff. Like it's total. It doesn't make any sense at all. But neither does the. Barkley shooting lasers into his head. 
But like, you know, when Fletcher puts his mind or he interfaces with yeah. his core, they talk about the cores. And one of them says, like, I thought core connoted like the central thing. Why are there so many of these things? <laughs> like, that was a great like joke, which, you know, we talked about punching down, but it's like kind of pricks, you know, the, the, the edifice of Star Trek a little bit. Like, what is all this crap? Like, I, I liked that. I thought that was good. I liked when they were in the holodeck and they both turned their magnetic boots on and there's nothing out there. So they both go whoop and they connect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their boots connect to each other. I thought, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's funny. Do you think that there's like a zero G switch that you can flip in the holodeck? So you're actually floating, man. I I really want I want them to do a holodeck episode that's all in the holodeck and literally it just takes down like every one of those questions yeah because you can just see them walking on like treadmills or whatever yeah right yeah <laughs> like are, or there's just like strings holding them up like yeah. oh the strings are tangled yeah um because how does that even work it's force fields or something I don't know but then like Belana Taurus can go gravity orbit diving in the holodeck uh-huh. and that's yeah and that's fine so yeah I don't know it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm, it's the future. Who knows? That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, something else that I liked about this episode is that I think they are starting to figure out, and they do it kind of self-consciously, but I think they're f- figuring out the, um, the um, relationship or the, the feel of the um, Boimler-Fletcher um, mm-hmm. continuum. Do you know what I mean? And it helps because in this episode, there's a guy who's like, a bigger screw up than any of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's in like Fletcher. more of a Boimler. Yeah, and I like that Boimler was he was you know he was Boimler, but he was more competent this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so it was like Fletcher was just like the guy who's just like shoving things in his pants, and Boimler's like, well, that's not how I would do it. But at the same time, he's also like, we got to fix this problem, and so he and. Uh, Mariner have to team up and like mm-hmm. get rid of whatever's whatever's going on with this monstrosity <laughs> that they've uh, created, and I think that that worked um, a lot better than just having Boimler be just a complete screw up the entire time. Oh, definitely, because he came to that like if he did it every week, it'd be too predictable and sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice when he like does something. It's like they still kind of screwed up because it went or like quote unquote screwed up because it went this way or whatever. But he and Mariner were like same page. Yeah, and plus he same page. Gotta get this thing out of here. He sets he sets a bar, uh, mm-hmm. not for people to go over, but to go under. In that <laughs> sometimes you wonder like how our our main cast are such screw ups. How do they get it through Starfleet Academy? And like why are they in Starfleet? But oh no, there's there's worse people. There's way worse people, and they do there's get fired. Always. Yeah, <laughs> so so having people you know at our level, you know, lovable uh, screw ups is is kind of what we want. Although I did like that, like uh, Mariner got to like lay out her philosophy a little more, which is, you know, no, I, yeah, I, I break rules, but I break the dumb rules. Like I break the rules that oh, like, yeah. keep me from helping everybody and succeeding. You're mm-hmm. just going around, you know, rubbing things in your face, and it <laughs> that's just not going to work. Yeah, trying to cover up his own mistakes. Yeah. Oh no, I got phased, and now I'm now I'm saying this right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And she's like trying to stop the fight, like between him and uh, she's like, don't, uh, no, no, don't, don't undo your flaps. Everybody flaps up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Oh, man. What else? Uh, we didn't talk about Badgie at all. We, we have to dive into oh Badgie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just so, it just gets so weird. And <laughs> it gets really dark, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't, I think it's good that they held off on. 
you know, Badgie seeing Rutherford as his father. Like they brought that in at the end. And I think that was the time to bring <laughs> yeah. it in. Because now I'm going to have a knife fight with you, my father. And he didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was pretty good. And I, I think they needed to like, I, again, like they can do whatever they want on the show, but it, I mean, they are trying to aim it at like, you know, a middle age. So make oh, his yeah. like threats a little more ridiculous because when he's just like, yeah. I'm going to slit your throat and drink your blood. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, oh. Is there some kind of like weird alien Star Trek thing that you could say that's kind of funny? Because like, geez, <laughs> this you, is getting... You can't really tell what he means. I'm getting scared. Yeah, right. I'm getting scared of Badgie here. Uh, and I love that. I love that he, he like breaks his neck at the end, but he just sort of twists him, his head <laughs> sideways. <laughs> no. So he's like dead. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Badgie just like, you're going to need a third appendix and I'm done with you. And he's yeah, like, right. what? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like Badgie clearly doesn't understand like the human anatomy. That was pretty good. <laughs> Badgie was good. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. This one it just went down pretty easy. I think. Um, yeah. I don't know if there was a lot of references to Q in this episode. I don't know if they're trying to set us up for, uh, for Q later, but yeah. Yeah, it's also um, we've kind of uh, let the auxiliary characters kind of slide to the background now. So you have to kind of glean things from their behavior. Like, was I supposed to get that the doctor and Shax maybe have something going on when uh, they finally succeed at the end and he sort of embraces her? And or is that just uh, exuberance on his part? I know he's been very good this month. (laughs) That's a good point. I don't know. I feel like. They just have, you can only do so much in like 25 minutes. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, it's really true. There's so much to pack in, especially once you're, I didn't realize how much the bridge crew would be on. So between like lower decks and then all the like higher ranking officers, it's like, that's a pretty big, you have a lot to cover, a lot of bases to cover in just 25 minutes. Yeah. And they've done it pretty well so far, but I think it's, oh, absolutely it's, they have. it's definitely okay for uh, those extra characters to kind of take a, take a back seat if we uh, get an episode like this. Yeah, do, definitely. Do you think that this is like the end of um, of major hostilities between Boimler and Mariner? Um, no, I think that their part of their bit is that like she's kind of grumpy, <laughs> like, and that it's it's gonna they're gonna have that trope for yeah. a lot longer. Like, even though like they're gonna keep having the like oh, we had a nice time hanging out at the concert, but then she's still going to be kind of like, she's the grumpy one. And he's just kind of, (laughs) you know, he's like the goody-two-shoes Edson. Yeah, right, Um, right. I think that we'll have more and more moments of them being, like, a little bit friendlier. I don't know. What do you think? I think that um, it's possible. I mean, this this episode was definitely written around the idea that they would have to cooperate to make this work and she wouldn't be you know, cleaning up after him or he's undermining her or whatever. And it could, yeah, you're right. It could just be this episode, but I feel like this is like a signpost in a journey because if you've only got 10 of these and they're only half an hour, like you said, and we Mm -hmm. know there'll be a second one. If you do want to make sure that these characters have an arc of sorts, like it's like, if you watch like Rick and Morty, which I think is a good example to pull from, Mm -hmm. they'll, They'll do it'll just be, you know, balls to the wall crazy for nine episodes. And then in the 10th episode, suddenly there'll be some growth or there'll be something that sort of sets them up for the next mm-hmm. elevation of of the premise. And I think that because, you know, this does come from Trek and they're used to 
writing for long seasons, and especially now they're trying to get into more serial storytelling. I, I don't know. I think that this might represent a new sort of high watermark for their relationship, but I don't know. Could be wrong. I mean, they're a good team, right? I mean, even just on they paper, this week? they're sure. a good team. Yeah, yeah, and this week we got to see them do it without like arguing with each other because somebody else was screwing up worse. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're dragging a they're dragging a bed sheet full of parts down the thing. They're just going, <laughs> What you got? What you got? <laughs> okay. Crazy. Um, anything else that you wanted to say about the episode? Um I don't know. I think actually this week I was thinking a little bit more about what you've said before about like, oh, they should oh. do more crazy stuff. Like if they blow up the ship every episode and then we just start new. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, we were saying that. Yeah. I want to get a little bit crazier. Like I want to take more advantage of it. But yeah, I think you were also right. Like it just kind of it went down pretty easy. Badger is really funny. <laughs> like the Delta ship is funny. Yeah. yeah. I liked how um, I thought there was going to be more of a visual gag like when the um Dramakians or whatever grab the garbage and then the Serena yeah, grabs the garbage and like a little tug of war <laughs> but it's like a really slow like back and forth yeah. tug of war uh, but I, yeah but I liked how they were just like throwing garbage at them the entire time <laughs> and it was like the the one thing about the premise or, or just it's just a background thing but they it was it's I guess old salvage I, I'm sure if you look up that registry number it's probably some TAS or TOS registry yeah. number. But they're like, there could be, you know, unique technology in there. It's like, guys, it's, I mean, you can look up how to make a spinning wheel. Do you know what I mean? You've already been yeah. through that, <laughs> yeah. that period of that era of technical development. So I'm not sure what was in there, but you know, hopefully it was good. You know, it's like parts that can sell for parts. Yeah. Or like, like, uh, I think Tendi says they're the, the cool clamshell communicators. Which yeah. Is, just replicate one. Also true. But then why wouldn't I have one with a purple stripe? That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> we better see those, um, what was that, like a T, the T-88s or whatever show up mm-hmm. again in a future episode. It's just a, it's like a, it's a literal, like, picture of those graphing calculators. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's not even It's like, this is my TI-84. <laughs> it yeah. says, like, what do they see on them? Like, Texas Instruments. <laughs> right. Still, I have the cosine programmed in. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you can't make more out of it than it is. I think we were both pleased by it. And uh, like we said, it went, goes down easy. And I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've got a minute or two to kill. Anything you want to get off your chest? <laughs> Just in general or about Star Trek? <laughs> I can't could be about it in, <laughs> in general, I guess. I don't know. I have the, you know. Same you don't have to worry same. about an air conditioner anymore, right? Ah, uh, yes. I did. You know what I did is I took the AC out of my window. Big, big news. That's it got cold. Move. And I was like, goodbye. It's ugly. That's how it is here. You know, the first week of September hits and boom, that's it's it's cold. God, time. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably enough of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for our show this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage, of course, are released. And you can tweet to us on the show using the hashtag Discoverage. You can email us at EISTPod at gmail.com. And when you're on the internet, head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to our show feed. Give us a rating and review. 
because it helps us out. And if you want to help the show grow, you can stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return on September 17th for the seventh episode of season one of Lower Decks, entitled Much Ado About Boimler. They better be doing Shakespeare in the holodeck on this one. That's all I can say. (laughs) And we'll be here next Thursday to cover it. We'll be going live once again at around 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EIST Pod to get notified when we're live and broadcasting. In the meantime, you can check out our main show at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere and interviews with special guests. Uh, ben Stiller is a maybe. We'll see. Our latest episode just dropped, and on it, I'm joined by Dr. Mohammed Noor to talk about the Star Trek Voyager episode, Favorite Son. That's the one where Harry finds out that he might be an alien, and he goes to the planet of sexy ladies who want to sex him to death. You can check that out at <laughs> enterprisingindividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Lower Decks. Remind where people can find you online. Remind them. Thank you. My podcast with my dad is called Generations Geek. So we're Generations Geek on Twitter, Instagram, uh, where you listen to podcasts. And uh, here. And, and here. You can find her here <laughs> I as forgot well. What, I forgot what I usually say. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what you usually say. Yeah. Uh, what's coming up on uh, Generations Geek? Um, we're still on our uh, very chaotic uh, moving during a pandemic uh, yeah. mini hiatus here. Sure. Um, but we'll have uh, Catching Fire very soon. My dad has never seen any of the Hunger Games movies, so we did the Hunger Games, um, which is really funny. And uh, so Catching Fire will be next. Super exciting because I know my dad's a huge like film nerd. And so they did that um, like uh, aspect ratio change in the middle of Catching Fire in the theaters. So it goes from like, I don't know the number. It's almost like I majored in film. I don't know the numbers. It goes from like 16, 9 or whatever to much, much bigger. So is she comes like, up out of the thing. Oh, okay. Is it like IMAX? Um, They ran at IMAX theaters, but it like ran like that in normal theaters too. So it's like the screen yeah. goes basically dark and then Katniss comes out of like a tube and she's in the arena where they fight to the death. And then it's like huge so that you can get the shock of like the sun on the water and stuff it's super cool i could talk oh, about yeah. it forever and i will so <laughs> you should look at it <laughs> coming very soon uh did you you read the books right oh uh, absolutely i did <laughs> uh, yeah because uh, i think that one was my favorite because the um like the because the whole arena was you know the 75th oh my god quail or quarter quail yeah. or whatever because um <laughs> it was the most complicated and they had to like the sex, the different pie slices, you know, get electrified or yeah, something. The clock, every yeah. time the hour changes, it's like a different thing and a different, like, yeah, pie slice of the arena is a perfect circle. It's honestly, yeah, it's amazing. Do, do you feel like people are remembering those still? Like, I feel like they've kind of fallen off. I don't know. I feel like it was such a, especially the books were such a staple of like this big boom we had of like this. Like YA like, fiction and. Yeah, and, like, dystopian YA, like, almost fantasy fiction and, like, the, like, strong heroine. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're unproblematic, I feel like, (laughs) you know, um, it doesn't always stay uh, super relevant. And they still hit the same. It's still really good. They hold up. 
Yeah. Especially, you know, my dad didn't read the books, so he's never seen the movies. He's only heard people talk about them, but he doesn't know anything like real. So yeah. it's funny to watch him watch them. But um, uh, yeah, they have kind of gone off the map, but I think they, you know, they're pretty good books. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess if people have page to... turners. Yeah, they certainly are. Yeah. So I don't know. Check them out. <laughs> that's our that's our plug for this week. Check them out. <laughs> Check, it Check out. out the Hunger Game books if you haven't. It, it, it does hit different, like in our current, uh, you know, world that we live in. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, there's riots and uh, well, panic, yeah. and that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, it's very yeah, it's very odd. I heard. I don't know if they're still doing it, and I hope they don't. But they were supposed to be developing like a a prequel series that's gonna. The came out. I didn't read it out of pure fear that it would be bad. Oh, oh, so there's a, oh, there's a book. Okay, all right. There's a book out. I don't know what it's called because I was so terrified that it would just be bad and I wouldn't like it. That I yeah. Didn't even I didn't even Google like a summary. And it's supposed <laughs> to focus on President Snow, and it's supposed to like humanize him. And it's like, oh, you know, this this rich white guy's got it rough. It's like we don't need that right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally don't know anything. I don't know if it humanizes him. I'd, right. I'd be interested because his rise to power was so crazy. Like, but no, I pure fear that it would just be bad yeah i think bad people are bad the books yeah and when you read the trilogy it's like now i gotta think about all this other stuff that's in my head yeah (laughs) yeah. we don't need that i want i want a prequel for the cat what's the cat's origin (laughs) oh my god what is his name (laughs) oh my god that cat is so mean all right well anyway (laughs) well that is it star trek podcast yeah that's our star trek podcast uh, that's it for us. Uh, we're going to stop our Hunger Games and our Star Trek podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Ella saying live long and prosper. Bye. <laughs>